93.9 KVLX, the best throwbacks in R&B. It is Fresca and Rudy Ortiz. And today, we have the honor of having a rap legend on the show. Hello. He has won a Grammy Award and American Music Award for the best rap solo performance. And he also has three platinum albums, by the way. Big time. Swa, Seminar, and Mac Daddy. And he's performing tonight at Yoshi's in Oakland. Give it up for... Dun 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 dun. You know what that is already? Uh, Sir Mix a Lot. There we go. There we go. Let's go. What's going on, Sir Mix a Lot? <laughs> All right. What's going on? What's going on? Nothing much. We're so happy to have you on with us. Yeah, I've been I've been here for a few days actually. I've been running around eating up all y'all's food. And I went up and had um, I forget the name of the barbecue place. It's where uh, where Too Short used to have a studio upstairs. I forgot where it was, but uh, I, right up the street, I walked to it. Yeah, we went up there and pretty much ate them out of house and home. Hey, that mac and cheese was popping, and I'm a mac and cheese snob. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? So, okay. So, so you know, over in uh, Seattle, I know that they're very famous for their macaroni and cheese. How would you compare it to what you guys got going up in the Northwest? Who, who told you Seattle was famous for macaroni and cheese? You know, every time I go up there, <laughs> I, every time I go up there, I just see these Beecher places. Beecher's is is everywhere, oh, including man. the airport. That stuff is like it's like snot with noodles. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You know what? Man, you just you, you just changed my whole mac and cheese experience. <laughs> next time I go up there, you're not supposed to make macaroni and cheese in a pot. You're supposed to make it like a casserole. Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> got a professional yeah. mac and cheese connoisseur in the house. I didn't know. I didn't know I, we were I dealing with that. Big by accident, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I wanted to, to ask you is because I, I read about read about this about you uh, not too long ago. You were really into electronics. It's like a big hobby of yours, right? Yes, super. Yeah. Really. Now. Yep. You also like are into like CB radios and like fixing things and but you also used to service pinball machines. Yeah, you know that was like my first uh, quote unquote real job, I guess. Oh. And uh, the, actually, the guy that gave me the job ended up being the guy that funded Nasty Mix Records back in the day. Oh wow! Oh wow! Jobs. Yeah. So he gave me the job, and what happened was I was literally only supposed to be there to hand out change, right? Just give people change. But mm -hmm. I noticed that. Sometimes, you know, the pinball machines would go bad. And usually when those bumpers and stuff would fail, it was just either a capacitor or a resistor, basically a bunch of L circuits all over that thing, right? So I started to figure out what it was. And when they would break, instead of him calling in the guy and paying him 50 bucks an hour, I would just fix it for free. Look at that. Yeah. Do, do, do you have a, um, a pinball machine that you love? Do you have any at your house? No. <laughs> no. no. You're like, I, I love it, but I don't I, love it that much. Okay. No, at home, I nerd out in the studio. I, I built my own studio. I built this is the third one I've built so far. Not I didn't do the construction, but I did the equipment, the wiring. I like to wire it all up myself because that way, you know, you ain't got to call, you know, some deity. In <laughs> so people call rewire. you right, to, right. Like, you know, to wire up They're their like, studios call too. Sir Mix a lot. He knows about this and he knows about macaroni and cheese. So we, he, he's got, he's got <laughs> it covered right. on both ends. That's right. All right, so let me, since we're talking about the studio and uh, what you enjoy doing in there, I mean, obviously, as a rapper, as somebody who uh, came up with basically one of the most iconic songs in uh, hip-hop history, and with this being uh, hip-hop's 50th anniversary, um, how do you how do you feel about Baby's Got Back and the place that, you know, that it, it, it holds in, in hip-hop lore? I mean, I'm, I know that people probably bring that song up all the time, but it's just become such a big part of the culture, it's kind of hard to overlook it. So how do, how do you view it standing in, in the, in the hip-hop world? Well, you know what I do is I, I'm, I'm, I, I keep my antennas up. I'll say that. Uh, I pay attention to how songs die and mm. how songs live. And when songs die, it's usually because the artist is mad because it's their biggest hit. So they'll say, I got more songs than that. Ah. But when they start doing that, people say, oh, where are they at? And then people go look for those songs and then they forget about the song 
that originally brought him there. So I learned with, with Baby Got Back, what's cool about the song, and I didn't think this when I wrote it, so I wish I could say I knew this the whole time, but the song was written kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod song. The song was about African-American beauty, but people thought it was just about butts. Right, people right. were not in the know, but the people I was talking to, they got it immediately. And that, once that story came out, um, and that's kind of within two days of me telling that story publicly, MTV banned the video. Wow. And I thought my career was over, and that, to me, is what gave the song legs. Wow. Because it, be- it became the forbidden fruit. I know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like once you put, once you kind of put a ban on something, uh, once people know that, that that it's naughty or wrong, I mean, that immediately causes attraction to whatever the song or the, the art project may be. That's, and it, so, you know, it's a lot of happenstance, a lot of luck. I wish I could say I meant to do that the whole time. But, you know, when they banned it, I'm not going to lie to you. I was in a meeting and I, I almost started crying. Yeah, so I my career was over. I said, you know, oh, no. Was it? Did it go in kind of like in in, in phases or in stages of banning it? Because I I also heard that they were only going to play it after like nine o'clock at night. After nine o'clock. After that's what they said. Now think about this. Now think about this. You you own MTV and, and Baby Got Back is number one most requested song. Mm. If you put any kind of a regulation on it, that's banning it. I mean, yeah, that is true. Absolutely, absolutely that. You know, after for sure. nine o'clock at that point, now I understand if it was you know top fifty somewhere, but no, it was like number one. But I thought my career was over, and then when Rick's uh, publicist called me, she said no. She gave me this analogy that uh, she said you're you're now Elvis Presley and you shook your leg one too many times on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, I it's knew what that meant. That made me the forbidden fruit. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, speaking of forbidden fruit that everybody wants to bite into, you know, when I think about what Baby Got Back was back then in terms of um, you know the way that they kind of labeled it, maybe either too graphic or too sexualized. And then when you look right. at what we're dealing with now in hip hop, how do you you know how do you view that that contrast? I mean, because we've come a long way. In terms, in terms of like how graphic things have gotten in, in mainstream hip hop, do you ever look at that and say, "Wow, like they they tried to ban me back in the day for making a song called Baby Got Back, but now look at what, what, right. what you're putting on TV all the time." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, it's funny. I, I'm not one of these guys that a lot of guys like my age. They always compare eras, but I would say a lot of the stuff that these artists can do now, people had to knock those doors down right. to mm-hmm. give them that freedom. And so I'm not knocking them for what they do, but it's good that they can do it because back then, like I said, you just, Baby Got Back didn't have one cuss word in it. Right. Oh, right. That, was, yeah. that was by design. That, that was by is design. true. And it still got banned, which told me, <laughs> okay, did you ban it just because it was offensive? Mm. Or did you ban it because, oh, he's talking about black women. Right, no, we right. Didn't have that. And, and the reason I wrote the song, it was, a, um, I was in a hotel room. This, this, this is a straight up, straight up story. Um, I was in a hotel room and I was watching television, just, just kicking back, watching television. And reruns of the Cosby show were on. And after that, reruns of Good Times came on. And I realized, I said, wait a minute, how come most black women, other than Felicia Rashad, before that, the only black women I saw in all that day of watching TV was Esther Rowe playing the mom on Good Times, who right. was a maid. Mm-hmm. 227, she was a maid. Oh, right. Every single, and then they had the, the uh, Streetwise, because this is back when Law & Order first started, and they had the Streetwise uh, prostitutes that could give the cops information. Right, All of the right. black. Mm. Other than that, there was no woman seen, no black woman seen in a positive light anywhere. Mm. Matter of fact, no woman of color, period. 
And it really, it really surprised me. So I just said, oh, you know what, I'm gonna do something about it. Just have some fun with it. I didn't think it was gonna be a hit. People don't really understand the the uh, the motivation right. behind the song. So you know, I'm glad that you're you know you really have given us that that you know knowledge or education yeah. of where that really came from in 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 your heart. It's interesting to hear it from the artist though, because yeah. you know, because you know, when you kind of sit back and you you kind of look and you observe people's art, it's easy to like interpret and sometimes misinterpret. So I mean, I appreciate the clarification. And now that opening line. Oh my God, Becky! Look at her butt. Like that, that, that has a whole new meaning. Yeah, all who's, of a sudden, who's Becky? Was Becky anybody? <laughs> no, Becky represented the the the, the, the mass of the, the U.S. Basically. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the the class, the power class. Right. Basically. They had they made the decisions. Now, if you go back and look at the video, when I was writing what I wanted to do in that video, the first thing I said is I said. Whoever the main girl is in this video has to be on some kind of a platform, has to be above all of us, above me, above the girls criticizing her at the start with the oh my God stuff. I wanted everybody to have to look up as they looked at her. Right. So, so when I get there to shoot the video, they got this girl that I wanted on the platform in some straight stripper clothes. Wow. I'm like, oh, come on, y'all, really? Right, right. We're going down the same road all over right, again. Right, right. I do want to ask you, I've always I've always been curious, you know, when it comes to, like, these artists that create something that just hangs around and, and has such an impact for such a long time, what, what does it feel like when you have thousands of people, arena full, an arena full of people, you know, reciting the words that you wrote to a song that you created that, that has left such a mark on uh, on the culture. What What is that like? Even to this day, do you still kind of get that same feeling when you see thousands of people just reciting the words you wrote? Well, you know, what's, what's, what's interesting, man, I got in this business, you know, as a young scrap, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like all of us did, but I started doing music at the beginning of hip hop, you know, I would buy I would buy pieces of equipment that were broken and rewire them and fix them. And started recording, right? Even if it was just on a cassette deck. So that's where I started. So I always keep that point in my head. And I remember the first time I got in front of a huge audience and did Baby Got Back. It was a Public Enemy um, put me on their tour, and I tried the song out. It wasn't even out yet, and I tried the song out in San Antonio, Texas. No, Austin, Texas. That's where I was. Okay. Austin. I tried the song out and they loved it. They didn't know what it was, but they loved it. You know, they didn't know the name of it or anything. Yeah. Fast forward, when that song blew up and we finally went on tour, I, I got I have that on tape, as a matter of fact. We were touring for the support of the album, and I'll speed up the story so we're not on the air all day. But um, <laughs> we toured for support of the album. We went through a bunch of states. Nobody knew the song. Everybody was singing Posse on Broadway. They would not go to Baby Got Bad. They didn't even know what it was. By the time we hit Panama City, Florida, I have it on video, and I noticed the hotel. I said, look at the hotel over there. We, we thought it was a fire because <laughs> everybody was standing out on the deck. I said, man, those people need to be rescued or something. What the hell is going on over there? You know? <laughs> and, and then the guy that runs the place, and I got this on video too. He's standing right in front of me. And he goes, the gentleman with the camera just went number one three days ago. I'm like, huh? What? You know, wow. Keep in mind, we didn't have the cell phones back then. You couldn't get no service way out there. I said, just went number one. And so I look at my assistant and she goes, I don't know. I was on the bus with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you found out in that moment? Fun. We found out that moment. Oh, my goodness. And it was it was just one of the craziest things. And the crowd just went nuts when it came on. Oh, my. Man, you got a feeling. You got to release some of that footage. I would I would love to see the moment when Sir Mix-a-Lot found out that he just went number one. That must have been incredible. And and you'll see me look at my assistant and I go, we went number one. She said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It is really is really interesting, man. And then we went out there and we did. That's when I used to have a big crew with me. You know what I mean? And uh 
yeah, we did it. And I remember one of the girls, the main girl that came out to do her dance, her pump got stuck in the wood. She had to pull that off. It just, it was, it was just one of those shows you never forget. But yeah, that was when it, it went number one and it felt good, but I, I, I learned to be humble. Right. And the, the key was to stay humble because some people get to feeling themselves when they go number one and then there ain't no more number ones. You know what I mean? And, and, and I also learned a good lesson about licensing. Mm, um, yes. Yeah, you know what? Baby got back. I licensed it out a lot. And I licensed songs like, you know, there's a song called Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls. Right. I was going to ask you about uh, that. Yeah, that's based on the song Swass. What, what about, what about you know, how uh, Nicki Minaj sampled Baby Got Back for Anaconda? I mean, that was such a big song for her. Does yeah. Has she, you know, reached out to you to say thank you or, you know, because it wasn't, if it wasn't for Baby Got Back, I mean, Anaconda is Baby Got Back, you know? Right, but here's here's the thing. It goes both ways. If baby got back is also Anaconda. Anaconda's also Baby Got Back. Very so true. When she did it. When she did it, she she called. Um, Ice T is the one that told me about it. He said, "Hey man, I think Nicki Minaj looking." I said, "Nicki Minaj looking for me." I'm now my ego's kicking. Yeah, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't that lucky. I wasn't that lucky. But uh, yeah, I get on the phone with her, and she was. And see, this is the thing that the only thing that I would say bothers me a little bit about some of the ladies in hip-hop is that they should talk more about what they do behind the scenes Nicki minaj this wasn't some producer over there this wasn't some guy calling me no it was her yeah i want to do this to the song i'm going to do this right here is it okay if i use the scratching on this right here i say yeah go ahead do what you got to do you know so she was taking full charge like creative she control took full of it. Charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when people say, I see these people criticizing her top about she just sits around and let a producer work. Uh-uh. No, same thing with the Pussycat Dolls when we did the whole Don't You thing. They knew what they were doing, you know? And uh, I love that. And I think more of the women need to really allow, let people into that because you guys know in, in hip hop, the women are sometimes seen as sex objects, even if they're stars. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's yeah, very true. And, and Meg Thee Stallion, another one. I've, I've, I don't never met her, never talked to her, but she's extremely intelligent. And I think a lot of people underestimate that because they're sexy, which is kind of strange. Now, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree with you more because I mean, it just seems to be the common theme where we're, we we do objectify and sexualize women. That seems to be like our go to move in hip hop. But with that yep. being with that being said, I, I'm curious to know. You know, we mentioned that it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop itself. Um, you know, we talked about. Uh, the the status that women have in hip hop. We talked about some of the some of the big moves that you made and big moments in your career. As somebody who's considered a veteran in in this game, how do you view the state of hip hop in in 2023? Is it in good hands or does it need some adjustments? Well, you know, I think what it is now, um, hip hop, because the gear has become so accessible, it's 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 hard to stand out right now because anything you produce, there's a piece of gear on YouTube with a video that you go, oh, I could buy that and sound just like blank. Right. You know, so this gets, so what you what it takes is takes just like it does in every era. It takes a unique artist. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the some of the acts that uh, came out when I was out, I was like, man, it was some acts coming out of Georgia. Whew. Lord have mercy. I mean, they were just, <laughs> they just took over hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you had to do everything in your power to stand out. And that is, that is the plight of most artists. Like, you know, how do you, how do you distinguish yourself? So what is the key? What is it for all the young artists out there? What is the key to, to distinguishing yourself from the crowd, especially now when, uh, you know, to your point, it's, it's just so saturated with so many artists and we see so many artists all the time. How do you, how do you stand out in 2023? Well, you know what? The first thing you got to do is is don't follow a formula. I'm going to tell you because I tried that early on. It didn't work. If you hear a song 
you try to sound just like that song, you don't even get half of the looks. So I, I always say when somebody's zigging, start zagging. Like, That's do you? I, I mean, I remember I, I was joking. I got to, like I said, I got to do a few shows with, with Public Enemy and Stetson Sonic, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim. And I'm like, man, man, I knew I wasn't. I said, I'm not, I can't do what these guys do. You know what I mean? It was like, you had guys in Seattle practicing New York accents. Right, <laughs> right. That's, yeah. Come yeah, on that's now. Sweet, that's yeah, what... you can't do that. And, and, and you know, and the guy that was, and he doesn't admit it at all. The dude's so modest. Chuck D, basically, I just followed his example, mm. really. When I was on the road with him, dude was so, so nice, so classy, so understated, never bragged, you know, and just really, and especially how he was with fans. I just studied it. I really did, honestly, how he talked to fans. And I studied some of the Ice-T stuff. Like, I remember Ice-T being on stage and, uh, well, I guess I can say it. It was it was just a joke. But uh, he Go said for something it. And, and his savvy came out. He said we were, he was going to say ho. Back in the day, the, the crowd yells ho. And he said, say ho, 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 ho. And, then he, and then keep in mind, this is the, the middle of the, um, when people started really hating Robin Gibbons. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those days. Then he paused and he goes, speaking of Robin Gibbons, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> I never forgot that. I was, that was some funny, I said, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and it was just a comedic timing. Right. And and then I started to see the enormity of this game. I started to see bigger artists. You know, we were playing with R&B acts that were way bigger than us. And, and I wanted a platinum record. I said, I'm going to get me a platinum record. And I realized, I didn't realize until four days ago that I was one of the first hip hop artists with a platinum album. I didn't wow. know that. That's phenomenal. I was, I was, I was in one of the first 10. Wow. You know, congratulations know about talk that. about, that's talk great. about cementing a legacy. Mm -hmm. um, that that's, that's an incredible, I mean, and that's really just a testament to your hard work, your talent and your, obviously your dedication to the game. So we salute you for that. Yes. And, and, and yeah. thank you so much for being on the show today. Can we expect uh posse on Broadway? My posse's on Broadway. Uh, well, and baby got back to be a performer performing over at Yoshi's tonight? You got, let me tell you, I got the songs that blew up in the Bay for me. This is where these it. songs got their start is in the Bay was my hoopty and, and Posse on Broadway. Come on they now. Yeah, man. They yeah. In the Bay, my sister was living here in, uh, in Oakland and my, my nephew was over there in, in uh, San Francisco. And yeah, so I mean, my family was down here and this, it blew up down here. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Bay Area, you probably wouldn't know who I was because it started here and then it started to go across the country. You, wow. you don't know how many 15-inch subwoofers blew, blew up throughout the, throughout the entire <laughs> Bay Area from my Posse on Broadway. Radio, Radio Shack made a lot of money off of us going <laughs> back and forth to get these 15 inch subwoofers because of that song so thank you so first much time, first time i played in the bay i was opening for this guy i had never heard of this is before i put baby got back and all that up and before i put even posse on broadway out i was just a new jack i come down here i'm opening for this guy i'm like man why am i opening for this dude dude's name was too short <laughs> yeah. some guy named too short oh man i think we're i think we're familiar <laughs> with him around here i think i've heard that name before yeah, somewhere somewhere yeah. around the ways well and then, and then he when he got on stage <laughs> I'm glad I opened. What's my favorite word? And you know what the crowd said. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. If, if he got the crowd to say ho, he was talking about something totally different. He was being, he was being very, <laughs> very direct yeah. on that. that. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, too short. Another one, man. 
him and E40. If you listen to those guys talk about the business, and a lot of you youngsters listening to me right now, when those two speak about the business, publishing, licensing, all that, please listen to them. Absolutely. They, they do know what they're talking about. That's the E40. He's sharp. Now, we, we, we definitely view them, the, for those of us that love Bay Area hip-hop and, and the idols of Bay Area hip-hop, now we definitely look at them as uh, head of the class, and you Absolutely. know when they speak up on it, it's definitely a master class. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Well, definitely you know, know. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We cannot wait to see you. He'll be performing tonight at Yoshi's in Oakland, Jack London Square. None other than, of course, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate your time, man. It'll Thank be, you. It'll be 100% live. I do not lip sync. So there we go. Yes. That's, the, that's that old school hip hop that we need to come back, man. I'm, I'm, tired yep. of, I'm tired of these youngsters lip syncing. Yeah, my voice go out and just go out. We gonna go out. <laughs> <laughs>